You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, Ben. And you know what's great about today? Literally everything. Literally everything, Ben. Because whilst uh, you, while we are recording this, you know, here in the present in Roanoke, whilst you listener are listening to this, if uh, you're listening to this, at, you know, like in the, in the, like in the afternoon on the day it came out, which is probably, um, then me and Ben are on a plane ride right now to Orlando, Florida, where we are going to Disney World. I know, it's very exciting. Yes, it is very exciting, Ben. I am ready and super psyched. I am so ready. It's going to be so, 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 so much fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Merry times ahead, no doubt. The merriest. Is there anything in particular that you're doing different about this trip than you've done for every other trip that we've done to Disney? Which I I am very grateful has been a, a, a... a plenty. A right uh, many times. Yes. A right yes. more times than I ever expected. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the obvious big difference is that this is the first time we are bringing uh, all three children with us to the Disney World. Yes. Well, well, in a sense, Beth was pregnant with them during your wedding. Hey. So in a sense, they've all existed down there. <laughs> Um, but this time it will be different. This time it will be extremely different as Nick and Nate will have left the womb. Right. (laughs) The view much better. The view is way better. Beth will not need like a scooter or anything. Uh, so yeah, they are going to get to experience it, uh, in, in, in all of its glory for the first time. I am, uh, like, I don't know exactly how that's going to go. You know, I feel like there's bound to be some breakdowns. There's bound to be some crying. There's bound to be some, like, fear about some, like, rides or shows or characters and stuff like that. I'm just sort of, like, trying to mentally prepare myself for all those things. Like, because, like, on the one hand, like, I know sometimes, like, you know, kids will just get scared of stuff. And I'm not typically in the nature of, like, like you know, no, you must do it or anything like that. Right. But at the same time, there's this, like, we, there often... You know, you all stood in line for a long time for a thing. And also, like, I know you're afraid, but actually it's going to be great. And I just, you know, we got to, like, I, it's like, I know, I know, I feel like I know better than you in this situation. Right. And (laughs) it's it's an incredibly fine line, too, to walk. Because you never want to be, like, like, pressing anybody beyond their fears. But then there's also, like, I, I remember it from the first ever Spartan race 
that we did uh like so just, like as like a fun thing that we have done in the past as part of like this community of people that we have online yeah is that we were all in washington dc we all signed up for the spartan race and i think that there was like approximately 30 to 35 people big group all of whom were wearing like these like super carlin spartan singlets like, singlets and we were like all matching and it was so much fun and it was really cool to me because i felt like i was able to help encourage people who maybe otherwise wouldn't have like like ever sought out such an endeavor such an experience such like a uh like a crucible of yeah like you know outdoor mud obstacles you know like walls climbing all of the rest and so it was like a really 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 cool feeling to have like to have like helped contribute to people finding themselves in this particular situation. But then at the same time, like whilst you're out there, it's like, we go very slow. We just try to make sure that everybody is like accounted for. Everybody is like, you know, feeling good. Everyone's like, like, yeah, everyone's together. Right. About like all the things. And, um, you know, so like, like through the process, you know, like you and I, and, uh, we had a couple of other people out there, like our trainer, Gabriel, who we talk about a lot, who was helping out like on the course and stuff. And, um, like it, it was like one of these things where, you're, you're kind of going through and like having these like amazing moments with each of the people who's there as like they're overcoming like a, like a piece of their own like worry or fear or like even just being proud of themselves for doing something. Yeah. And I remember there was this one moment where uh, me and this woman were like like at this barrier where you're inside of a mud pit. So we're standing like, you know, up to our like, you know, chest in muddy water yeah and the obstacle is this like inflatable barrier that basically goes like maybe like six inches below the water so like you have to you have to go underwater right in order to surpass the obstacle now like to be fair you can like get out of the mud pit and walk around the whole thing right yeah um that is an option but she was like she was determined and you know it was like this thing where like i could tell like like the fear in her was like like standing in the way of her absolute desire to do it. And it was like one of these things where it's like, it's like, you know, I'm sitting there and like, I want to be encouraging, you know, but at the same rate, like I don't want someone to feel like, like for, so you're like, you're, you're trying to like walk this exact line that you're right. talking about with the rides at Disney where it's like, it's like, I like, I know you can do this. I am right here. I will not let anything bad happen to you. I promise. Right. You know, it's like, like, you know, up to you, we can do this or we can walk around. And so like, you know, after, Probably, I mean, you know, of course, in the moment, it probably, I'm sure it felt like more time, but like, you know, like yeah. a minute of like contemplation or something like that. It was like, okay, takes a deep breath. She shoots underwater, comes out the other side. And it was the most miraculous change in like demeanor and confidence that I have ever witnessed happen mm-hmm. in my entire life. It's like, like you, you witnessed like a literal baptism in the middle of the Spartan race yes, or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was one of these things where I think that like, it's a barrier that had to be knocked down and it was like, I've gone under. Oh, Hey, yeah, uh, w- w- yeah. good save. Good save. <laughs> um, so it's this barrier that had to be gone under that like, like immediately just just like transformed everything and it was so like i mean like she came out of the water and was like yeah like you know it was it was contagious and the whole entire experience the whole trip was worth it for that moment you know in time yeah um but it was like a situation where somebody had to uh had to like want to overcome their fears yeah. and you know, to be like, like placed in the situation to overcome their fear and everything. And so, yeah, down like as parents, as we start to like, like take our kids to these like next stages of life where there is a considerable amount of like worry about the unknown, yeah, you know, cause it's like, 
like like anything like a lot of times growing up i remember uh, i think we talked about bush gardens possibly after the final pop last week it's yeah a, it's an amusement park <clears throat> here in the state of virginia you had gone as a child prior to me with like your older friends and you're you're not like a lot older than me we're like two years apart yeah. so like you know, it's conceivable that I could have just gone on the first trip, gone through all the first experiences with you. Like, it wasn't like I was so far behind, but then like I had all the stories about like, you know, the Loch Ness monster, which is like the, like they're one of their signature roller coasters or the Alpengeist and stuff like that. And I had this like, pre-built worry, right? Like on the basis of like what you had already told me to expect about this particular thing and i remember you know it was it's like i was so i was like you know like petrified it's like this is something like the older kids do not something i i I can't do that yeah and i remember doing loch ness monster and i was like can we do that again yes yeah that was my also the loch ness monster at bush gardens in uh like williamsburg is uh was my first roller coaster ever yeah i think we talked about this last week on not in the main episode so i'll retell it a little bit there you go yeah i think that's (coughs) yeah and i remember you know, like my my buddy who had invited me on the trip, he he had been even before me, and so he'd already gone on, and he's like so excited, and he's like, oh man, there's like all these loops, and like if I think if you haven't seen it, like the two loops, like do they intersect? Do they go between each other? Like I don't even like know, like, like, this. like one yeah like, like if that. you were to like make a circle with your your index yeah. finger and your thumb and then yeah like, no like, I don't think they do that okay yeah I don't think they no, do I don't think they do either that anyway would, that would seem awfully advanced for it would um but anyway uh, I remember yeah we're in line for it it's like you know we've gotten there it's you know, less than an hour into the park and it's like oh man we're here and it's like I remember being in line being like so excited and then it's like you get closer and closer and you're like oh my gosh what am I doing um I like feeling that like I don't know what's gonna happen this is gonna go really fast and it's like roller coasters are such an and it's like they're so interesting in design. It's like the, they're the perfect like melding of like the point of them is to be fun, but the way in which you are going to have fun is by scaring yourself a right, little bit, yes. you know, like just a little bit. It's like the yeah. So uh, I remember you know going up the hit like sitting down in it and being like okay. Okay, I'm just sitting here right now. It's okay because I'm just sitting here, and maybe, maybe we'll sit here forever. You know, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe like, it just won't move, right. and then it like starts moving. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like we're it's happening. Let's, and then you, you know, anyone who's been on a roller coaster ever knows like the climb up the hill, and it's like it takes forever, especially like when you're like nervous. Yes. Yeah, but but nonetheless, you are moving upward. It's like the whole time, all if you've never done it before, all you're thinking about is like. Oh, maybe you just want to get to the top of the hill. Maybe we just won't. And then I remember, yeah, we got to the top and I was like, it does this, there's this like little tiny little like coast, little glide it does into a corner. And then you go down like the first big drop, which is just like a big V it goes straight down then straight back up. And I remember thinking like, as we were going down that hill, like I have to get off. There's no, I can't do it. I'm going to have to get off. Like, there's, <laughs> yeah. What are we going to, someone tell someone, you know, and it's like, and then it's happening. And I remember going down and coming up the crest of the next hill. And like, yeah, it was the exact same thing you just described. It was like, it was like, I was a transformed person. Yes. You know, like I came up the other side of the hill and was like, that was the best. You know, I was like, <laughs> like, I remember screaming that like, at, you know, as it's happening, then we went through the loop and it was like, Oh, that was awesome. You know, I was like, but it, like, and it was so much fun and I have loved roller coasters ever since, you know, but like, you know, going into it, I was totally terrified. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you just you just have to do what you know. And so it's like part of me know, knows that's like there. It's like if we just get on the ride and you can experience it, you will see. You know. But then there's that like fear that like you're gonna force someone to do it, and just the act of being forced to do it will like 
ruin it for them, even if they're having fun. Yeah, sort you, of thing. You and all, it's like it is nerve wracking, right? Yeah, like in that you, way, you lose that like lack of sense of control. Like when somebody else is sort of like making this situation happen to you. Yeah, uh, but, but like so much as a kid, <clears throat> I found that like I felt like I always broke through those barriers when I was like on vacation with a friend's family. Yeah, because. It's like, sorry, mom, if you're listening, the unfortunate reality was that like, I would probably have been much more inclined to like throw a temper tantrum to mom. Oh, exactly. Yes. Because it was like, it was like, well, like you've seen me at my worst and therefore I can show you more of my worst. This is because you've already seen it, but like, I'm not allowed, I'm not about to let John's mom and dad know, you know, Dave can't know I'm scared. Oh, much (laughs) less. Yeah. It's like much less, you know. Your friend's parents. You don't want your friends to think you're like also, afraid, you know, true. like yeah. they're they're excited to go on. You're not going to be the, the kid who didn't do it, or, you know, or maybe you think they're excited to go on. Maybe they're also just like shaking in their boots. Right. And, and like both of you are doing this like game of chicken as to like, you scared? You scared? I'm not scared. You scared? You scared? Yeah, I'm not scared, man. We're doing it. Let's go. We're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. I'm super scared. Yeah, I can't feel my legs. It's fine. <laughs> I'm trembling. No, you were absolutely right about this. Like I remember... Um, a couple of years ago, I got Beth like a mountain bike for Christmas because we'd been doing so much mountain biking recently. And it was yes, super fun. And yeah. she like wanted to maybe like go on some like easy rides and stuff. And um, uh, our dad offered to like take her and our youngest brother, Tyler, out on like a mountain bike ride. Yes. And I was like, this is going to be perfect. This is exactly the situation I want because like it is just like a third party and two people who have very little experience doing the thing. They'll go as slow as needed. Dad is a very good teacher on this kind of thing. And it was like, okay, this is great. But then like somehow over the course of the week, it turned into this like 14 person trip. And I was like, well, I'm excited because now I get to go bike riding. But at the same time, like, I know this isn't going to be as good for Beth because it's the same thing. Like when Beth is around me, she can be like, you know, she she can, you know, she has someone to complain to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you you have to love me even if I don't do this. Right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Whereas just like if I'm not there, it's like you're just going to knuckle down and do it because you have to. Yeah. Right, like I am making it worse, even though you'd think me being there would be helpful. Yes. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should send Luke on the rides with like you or something. Oh, you know, that would like, be interesting. Just be like, yeah, just be like, okay, you know what? You just, you, how about just you and Uncle Ben go on a ride? Like, I won't even be there because maybe I don't think he's not gonna freak out to you. Or if he does, then you know, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. No, no big deal. Like, at least fine. I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think you're exactly right, though, with the trip that Beth went on, because Alice ended up going on this exact same trip. But I think that what happened was the, the exact thing that we're describing is like people like uh, subconsciously all are like all want this, like the low pressure situation where they can go and feel comfortable and know that it'll be at a slow pace. And so I almost think what dad and Tyler and Beth had created was like this window of opportunity for people who felt new to the like activity to all get to know that they could go and feel comfortable right. being just like, just like learning, yeah. you know, like, like, like we're, we, we will go as slow as, you know. And so all of a sudden, like what they had created was like, was like a highly desirable and coveted group to be a part of. Right. And so every Everyone at that point was like, well, I want to try I it. Do you that. Know? It sounds like a great way to go slow. Yeah. Mom yeah. and Alice and our friends and like, you know, everybody's out there like trying to figure out how to how to go, you know, mountain biking for the first time. So 
I don't know. It was really cool. They all went out. They, I, they did all, it. They all did it. So yeah. that was great. They came back again, you know. Yeah. So it's not over. That's it's great. It's not over. Um, okay. So here's a question I have for you, though, because okay. I was having a conversation similar, like, related to fear. <clears throat> we're, we're coming up on, um, well, there's the, the the commonly known Valentine's Day and the otherwise much more important Easton Van Pavia Day. Oh, Easton Van Pavia Day. Um, the where, pop's favorite holiday. Of course. Uh, where <clears throat> around this particular time of year, uh, while it is like a, a very like romantical time and you would think it's a great time for like the, the latest rom-com to drop, it actually feels like it is frequently the time for the latest horror movie to drop. Sure. Um, yeah. Because I think that the general idea around Valentine's Day <laughs> is that you might go to the movies uh, on like, you know, like a fun date night type of thing and what better thing to do on your fun romantic date than to go and be terrified. Right. Um, I guess this is something that people enjoy doing together um, as like a like haha we no, did it. This is this is actually it almost makes sense because this is like a thing they like um, implore on The Bachelor a lot. Okay. On the TV show where it's like, you know, you have this like short amount of time to like really fall in love with someone. But like there's this like phenomenon where upon like surviving something um, dangerous with another person like forms a bond with you. So even if you just go to like a scary movie, it's like it wasn't it's not actually dangerous, of course. Right. But, like the the perception was that like you're in danger. You were scared. So you survived that horror together. Um, but they do it like, you know, with like skydiving or high ropes courses or, course. you know, cliff jumping or something like that on the show. But like, it's like amazing to me how much it works. Yes. You it, know, I mean, no, it, it's absolutely incredible. But so here is the interesting thing to me, because like I would say that like horror movies and roller coasters feel like while they're like very different in concept, they feel like the end result is supposed to be the same. And I think for people who love horror, that is what they gleam from it. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think is, so. Is like you finish the movie and it's like, it's almost like getting off the roller coaster and you're like, I lived. Yes. I made it. I made it. The, you know, yeah. like, you know, but the thing about the roller coaster is you walk away from it and it's over there. Yeah. And if anything, there's a huge line to get back on it again. So it's like, it's like you have successfully done it. You got to enjoy the experience and now it is like physically and geographically behind you. Right. Um, and so like the difference for me when I think about <clears throat> horror movies is that like, I I have the problem that like if I go and watch them, I don't get to walk away from yeah, them. That lives like, in your mind rent free for the rest of your life. <laughs> for the now. rest of my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I remember I think the first like true horror movie I saw in earnest was uh The Ring. Uh, I think in maybe theaters, me too. Which, by the way, is like a is like a scary movie. Yes, you oh know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like not a good first horror movie. I don't think it invented. I feel like The Ring, in particular, like invented this whole genre of horror when like no one really ever got it quite as right as they did. Sure. Or maybe it was just my lack of exposure to other horror movies. That people were like that. Oh, you were like afraid of that. I'm like, well, you know what? It stuck with me. I still remember. There's like it on the the tape itself or whatever. There's a scene where someone like pushes their fingernail through like a. a yeah, like through a nail, and it's like I I can picture it right now. It's like yeah, it's like I just saw it. I saw this in like you know eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> still here. It is. I hate that image, and it's still there. Um. Anyway, you're welcome for that. Uh. But you're right. That is the difference. Actually, actually, this could bring me to my wick of the peak, Ben. Okay, lay it on me. I will. I will. Okay, so my wick of the peak. I'm gonna have two this week, if that's fine with you. But uh, HBO has recently started a brand new like Sunday night their next big Game of Thrones style show like everyone drop what you're doing it's time to watch this thing and you're gonna want you're not gonna have the spoilers or whatever it, it makes me yeah. happy that <clears throat> there is still like like I love being able to sit down and binge something it does make me happy that there is still 
an effort being made for the episodic release. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. It, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so I know that there is a new one. Yeah, the show was called The Last of Us. Yes, which is based on a video game, which I think is like over a decade old. There's probably like a you know a bunch of sequels and stuff by now. Um, but it is you know it's a it's a it's like a zombie show. Yeah, more or less. I don't know if you would necessarily call them zombies, but it's as if um it's it's like fungi it's like there's there's a certain kind of actual fungi that like take that will like grow on ants and like take over control of their brain and like make them do stuff yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really it's like it sounds not real yeah uh when you when you hear about it but there are there are like plenty of documentaries just like covering this fungus in particular yeah and it is it's like it's like <clears throat> that's a real thing that's a real and thing of course it's a fungus too you know it's like yeah it's like it feels like there could be like anything else but like a fungus and like funguses themselves are kind of like eerie yeah and they're like gross looking like, they, yeah. they almost seem like like the inspiration for many like planet other planet alien habitats it's like let's start with fungus yeah and then we'll like incorporate some other stuff. And then there. we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the big. So so the thing about that particular um, kind of fungi or whatever is that it it like can't survive over like ninety four degrees or something. Sure. So like in like humans are like you know we're like ninety eight degrees. So like we're at no risk of being infected. But the whole premise of the show was what if you were <laughs> <laughs> um, able to be infected by this? And this is of course what happens to the whole planet or whatever. But man, oh man. Um, so it's only two episodes in as we're recording this and uh, me and Beth have watched both of them. And I guess like, you know, you're capable of knowing the whole story if you've played the games or whatever. Sure. But like, man, I'll tell you what, I haven't played the games and it is like just such a good show so far. It's got like Pedro Pascal, who's of course like Mando. Yeah. And as ever, he's just transporting small human somewhere else. And it's just like, <laughs> you're just like way to just steal Mando to do the same thing. Right. You have yeah. one job. You have one job. <laughs> and I know you're really good at it and you wouldn't let anything happen to that little girl. If she ends <clears> up like, ha like having like a small steel ball. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, it'd be like, wow. 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 That'd yeah. be amazing. Um, but yeah, so, but uh, anyway, so last time the second episode's out, like Beth is literally sitting on the couch with like her hands in front of her face, like watching through her fingers. Like there, you know, it does a really good job of building a lot of tension. And I was like, I mean, you know, I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time too, because like you know, you're like jump scare incoming, jump scare incoming. Like, where is it going to happen? What's it going to be? And like, man, the zombies are, I mean, zombies, quote unquote, are like they are creeptacular. You know, they are. They, I mean, they are, but they are also like absolute works of art. They've got these like crazy like fungus head explosion looking things and whoa yeah there it's I, I would say give it a shot even if you're not like even if you're not into zombies even if you're not into horror i think you'll still like it i think you'll still like it because it's just very engaging um yeah well have you ever watched any of like the walking dead i, before? I, I watched like the first season okay yeah and it, like it never really hooked me the way i wanted it to um because i know so many people were like so into it and there was like you know uh, when Beth ran her first half marathon ever, it was um, at Virginia Beach for the Shamrock, ha the Shamrock Rock and Roll or Shamrock and Roll. That's what it is. Nice uh, half marathon. And the um, the group she was running it, uh, doing it with was like um, like 30 to it was like 30 or something people running. And like they all booked this like massive, massive beach house and the like people brought their spouses and significant others. And so there was like 50 people on this one house. Wow. It was it was it was a really cool experience. It was like there were so many people there and whatever. It was really cool. But uh, they had this big theater room in the house 
And on the first night we were there, Walking Dead was coming on. And it was like the whole theater room was just like packed with oh, like that you know been so cool it though. was yeah like we didn't you know we weren't watching so we we actually weren't a part of like watching the show that night but yeah there was probably like 20 to 30 people in there watching it and then not just the show but then like the like um what what was like the after show called like uh, oh yeah <clears throat> yeah i know what you're talking about uh yeah I, now i can't think of it either but i know that there is like a yeah. famous like yeah walking yeah. dead yeah there was like a walking dead after show and like and that, it's like it was like as long as the show and it would yeah. come on after it and like not a single person left it was like this is part of watching the show you watch the show then you watch an hour of people talking about the show right it's like people were just super into it and i was like i wish i was that into it it just didn't quite capture me in that way <laughs> but well, yeah so it did get me for <coughs> like a long time I, yeah. I don't know if i got to like six <coughs> seasons in or something oh, like man. that but I, I watched like a like a fair bit of the show but what i had ultimately found and like maybe this is like the eventual problem with a zombie based show is that like at some point it's hard <coughs> to really have the premise be anything other than successfully finding sanctuary hard stop so it's like you know you you get you get to a place where they've built big enough walls there's strong enough defenses enough clearance protocols all the rest it's like like from here on out we're safe the zombies are still out there but like within these walls we're safe but pretty <laughs> from much the zombies <laughs> from the zombies yeah not each other um but pretty much what always seemed to happen in the walking dead was it was like okay we're on the run we're on the loose we have to find a way to get safe hey here's someone who's found a way to get safe let's go live with them for a while Ah, uh, someone got infected and now this place isn't safe anymore time to be on the run again okay cool now we found someplace safe now right. that we're here oh somebody got infected and now it's not safe again so now we're on the run and it's just like you know it was like this like rinse and repeat process right. of like it's like okay okay like i i i do i do see the problem because like as long as the zombies are going to continuously grow to be a problem and like obviously the further in the timeline and like this like infectious spread is happening more and more and more people have ultimately been infected which means that more and more and more areas are dangerous which means there's fewer and fewer fewer places and so it's like i like i get it but it's also like there's nowhere to go yeah you know like like this is the story <coughs> like either everyone's gonna not make it or we're gonna finally make it somewhere safe and like live out the rest of our days or whatever my my forever walking dead theory was that essentially what was happening was that rick who's the main character yeah was just going to live long enough but slowly become so deranged through his process of like watching all of the like these people who's surviving with slowly you know become the walking dead become yeah. zombies that by the end of it he was going to be like in like not even like discernible from from the zombies from the zombie like, right like he was he's like he maybe hasn't even been infected he's like the the like what is the the the, the term like the perpetual survivor or whatever yeah. like you know he he will always make it through all of the obstacles and that is just who rick is and what he is capable of but like at some point there's nothing left there's no humanity left inside of him right he, now, he, i think uh, i always loved the title walking dead because i think i you know spoilers or whatever i want to say like the the season one finale like they find some like research center or something where there's this guy who's like just you know i guess working on a cure or something right but like <clears throat> He takes other blood samples and he reveals like right away that like the entire main cast is like actually infected or whatever. Oh, okay. And like, so it's like, then the title takes on this new meaning. It's like, you're all already like walking dead. Like, right. You're right. effectively 
you all have clocks on you or else you're all sort of immune or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, you're all, it's just, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You're all just, you're all actually going to be there. You are the walking dead as well, as much as the zombies are. Right. right, um, right and I always right, thought yeah. that was a very clever, clever play on the title. And it seemed like, yeah, the, the thing, yeah, that seemed to like was because I, I remember you watching it and I would come in like from every now and then it'd be like, oh, what what weird, terrible community have they stumbled into now? It's like, oh, this nice town. No, and they're organizing zombie fights. OK, cool, cool, cool. Oh, this look, this, this base they have wall and they're cannibals. OK, got it. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So, I mean, I yeah. guess that they found like some spins and stuff. So, yeah, my, my big curiosity with this new show will will ultimately sort of be like, you know, I mean, there, there's absolutely room like you know, in, in, in everything. I've even thought about this a lot with like the MCU lately where like the stories are trying to be so like specific and unique and stuff. And I think everybody was kind of like tired of like origin stories and like the classic, like superhero finds out that he has this, has a villain who has the same power. They ultimately have to like duke it out. And you know, our guy's a little bit of an underdog, but has all the courage of an overdog or, you know, um, and it's like, I almost feel like a lot of the MCU stories have gotten like, they're like, well, no, we can't keep telling the same like tried and true thing. We have to like, we have to like mix it up. And it's like, I almost think they're like losing people in the process because it's like, turns out those, those stories as, as tired of them as we were, they kind of work. Right. And maybe these new stories, it's like, they're more original, but like maybe harder to follow. Maybe, maybe less like broad spectrum, you know, in nature. And so there's <clears> one conclusion could potentially just be like, man, maybe we just have too much of a good thing. Like, yeah. We've just reached that point. <laughs> I'm super interesting on that note about, um, quantum mania. Cause like the whole thing is that it seems like it's mostly taking place in like the quantum realm. Yes. Right. The new Ant-Man movie coming out. And, like Ant-Man's whole power is that he just gets tiny, but effectively they're shrinking down to the point where they're in the quantum realm to begin with. So it's like, you're already shrunk. So like, do you even have powers down here? You know, like, can you continue to get smaller? Could you get like just a smidge bigger or something like, or are you effectively just like, now I'm just Scott Lang, regular person who's already tiny in a world where everyone's tiny, Yeah, you know? And it, like, obviously Kang isn't going to have the same power set he's going to have. So right, I'm right. curious how, how that's going to work. I think they'll probably be able to still shrink and stuff, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm, it, I'm curious about that. Right. I, I guess at that point in time, it's like relativity. It's like, we are smaller than the size of atoms. Yeah. And it's like, but we can be a little bit smaller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even, even in that realm, even in that realm. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. But so the last of us, I think, already where it is like in a in a better position than the walking dead or what has captured me about it earlier is that like in the walking dead like i think when i went into it it's like zombies zombies are the main enemy and it's sort of like zombies are like the main problem and like they're everywhere and they show up once an episode for rick to blow someone's head off right you know but at the end of the day it's like the other people are the real problems sure you know and that's sort of like i guess it's like all these different you know um looks at humanity and the communities that might form in this sort of situation and, and i would say right yeah that's a yeah. good point yeah i would say the last of us is more upfront about this particular thing. It's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The zombies are here. They are definitely the reason for the thing. And we're going to keep, they're going to keep showing up for sure. But like really right away, you're just like, yeah, the other people are the problem. Okay. It's like, gotcha, it's very gotcha. established that like, yeah, this is going to be a show about how people deal with each other in the face of this other problem. Right. Like, it's not like we're out there trying to fight a war against the zombies or whatever. It's like, yeah, they're there and they're going to be a problem no matter what. But I would say like uh, that, that tiny little perspective shift, like on the onset feels like a big, um, like it, it has made me 
more engaged. Okay, so here's a question for you that I think could potentially be interesting as it pertains to this topic is like, I think that like right as the pandemic was firing up, there was a movie that came out that was effectively about a pandemic and it had to do like it was so accurate as to I wish I could think of what the name of the movie was now. I remember this was like a big people were like, this is odd because like, like, yeah, they, they almost guessed everything exactly correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when it comes to situations like this, like a zombie movie or a zombie show, for example, it's like you you sort of on the cusp of it, just sort of think of this as like, oh, this is like pure fiction. Like this is just like, you know, it's meant to be like like whimsical and fun and entertaining and, and all of the rest and zombies kind of make for like a good, like sort of like stormtrooper type of like villain because you know, they're, they, they do feel like these like mindless, the endless horde. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, or yeah, exactly. So it's like, you, there's a little bit like less like empathy versus like a, like a wartime film where it's like, you have to remember like, you know, the reality of the situation that's unfolding before you and the darkness attached to that. But like, it almost makes you wonder with the pandemic is like how close as like creative writers and stuff like that are we to actually predicting how things would go down man i have no idea i have no idea it feels like it it <laughs> hopefully not right, right? Yeah. the the hopeful answer is like no we're way off we're way we, off we, we would all just you know like people would to, come together you know right right this is how it would be it wouldn't be yeah um, this I, is okay. This is always an interesting thing. Uh, I I've noticed, um, in like people's depiction of the future over time. Okay. Right. Like, so when we were growing up, um, anytime you saw in movies, like depictions of the future, like think like back to the future or something like that. Okay. You go to the future and almost all of the time it's this like, um, fantastical place where like technology is advanced and it's like more utopian or like everything is like robots or things are flying around or right. you know people are eating pills for meals or everyone's wearing like matching silver jumpsuits or whatever uh-huh. but never is it like a dystopian future sure right like it is a like the future is positive the future is going to be great things are advancing right things are only getting cooler whereas in today's world all futures are dystopian and it's like it is so interesting to me <laughs> that like over time like the, our, our optimism yeah, shifted it's yeah it's like the the way in which people think about the future in a in a way in like an entertaining way has like shifted vastly yes you know yeah well and i think like this is we, we've sort of touched on this topic before i feel like but it's like it's an interesting uh like arc so like a lot of times i like to think about things from like the perspective of the year like ten thousand or something like that like we are you know in terms of or or like even if you want to think about like other planets in the world that have gone through like rises and falls of civilizations and technology and advancements and and all of the rest of everything and, and all the rest like we're still right on the edge like it is not very long at all that we have had like modern technology. It's like, right. a, it's like a, it's like a blip, like not even like generations plural. It's like, yeah. lar- like largely one generation has seen most of it. Right. Um, <clears throat> which means for most of human civilization, they haven't seen most of it, right. you know? Um, <clears throat> and, I mean, like when we were kids, there was an internet. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> weird, 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 weird. 
Um, but so I, I think a lot of times, yeah, it's like probably on some level, you know, like back to the future and stuff like that may have been coming out. Like while technology was still like exclusively a good thing, every single time we made some type of new advancement. Mm -hmm. And I feel like where it seems like on some level, we may have reached a point where it's like some of that has to be like potentially in question. And then there's also just sort of the overall impact of the technology itself on, you know, otherwise like the planet, you know, right. And, and now there's like some like environmental, you know, concerns and stuff like that that have come into play to where it's like, maybe all of a sudden it's like, okay, we've done all this stuff. We've made all these amazing things. And it's like, despite the fact that we've made all these amazing things, like maybe there's that, like that, like potential dark cloud associated with it, which is like the, like, Hmm, what are the impacts of those things? Like we have, we have now caught up with like, that stage of the process. But, and, and I know that sounds like bleak, but like the thing about it is that like, I also feel like there is the, it, it almost feels inevitable to me. Like I would be willing to bet like that, like, you know, it, let's say there's millions of alien races out there or whatever. I'm willing to bet that like an anthropologist could go into each of these planets and like watch through their histories, very similar things yeah. happen. Yes. I, I definitely think you're right. Like I bet you're right. If, imagine you have yeah like yeah a hundred different planets who all have like intelligent species who like go through you know all oh, the stone age and technology and stuff like that right or their versions of it or whatever i bet every single time you would see this trend in fiction oh yeah 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 absolutely you would always say like this is you can see for a while these people made a lot of very like utopian versions of the future and then slowly they shifted to this dystopian version of the future and then this you know and we don't know what happens next but like i bet you would always see this trend right 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 yeah and i you know it's funny because even like if i wanted to like bring this in in less less incredibly universally speaking and more just individualistic individualistically speaking yeah hopefully i got that out right um is i i know that i have i will have this problem all the time when it comes to like my own expectations for like my short-term futures uh -huh. like i tend to on the whole think of like my like distant future as like like i'm not that like worried or concerned that it will go like astray and i feel like pretty fixed about like hopefully where it could go and in my expectations for myself and stuff but um i absolutely know that i also have this like um like it a lacking amount of data points when it comes to my expectations for the short-term future. So my, my, let me try to back it up and, and consolidate it into more digestible words. Um, basically if I've had like maybe two bad weeks in a row, <coughs> my expectation is that like, well, we're all, it's all downhill from here. Mm -hmm. You know, we're on a downward trajectory. It's yeah. been two bad weeks and I can't, I can't see it ever picking back up again. Right. You know, and then similarly, <laughs> you know, it could be the case where it's like, like everything's going like amazing, you know, for a span of two weeks. And I'll be like, we are untouchable. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like nothing can like we can do anything. Yeah. You know, um, I'm invincible. I'm invincible. That's yeah. that's basically the way it is now. And I think I think for most of my life uh, that my optimism and pessimism have exclusively been at the steering wheel 
in their own respective turns Mm -hmm. to where it's like everything's going great and it's like nothing but optimism everything's going down nothing but your brain has a very like zoomed in view of time (laughs) yes exactly exactly popcorn culture is supported by arena club okay so you guys know that i love trading card games and that me and ben are big time collectors of pokemon cards you know it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth and like even in our office we have not one but two full display cases with some of our all-time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled but something i did not know existed when i was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Uh, and so I think that like you and I were talking about this a little bit, uh, this morning, cause we were talking about like you getting ready for the, like the Pokemon regionals yeah. that you have on, like in a week from tomorrow as this releases, not February. Yeah. So your birthday right? on my birthday, February 4th. That's right. Woo-hoo, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Jay. Hopefully Woo-hoo. what I get for my birthday is, you know, um, at least six wins on day one. Yeah. yeah. I think that'll probably happen. That's what, you, that's what you need. You need six wins to get 18 points to make it to eight, day two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's yeah. with us. We know what, we know, we know where the stakes are now. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you'll be, you'll be live tweeting one win in the bag. I mean, that is the trend. Yeah. It's always funny when there's a Pokemon regional happening because my whole Twitter feed just turns into like people updating about their progress everywhere. Oh, and that's stuff. Cool. It is very fun. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, anyway. But anyway, so yeah, over the past couple of months, um, I know that you've experimented a ton with like varying uh, like deck styles and strategies and like, you know, different approaches within the meta, which is like, you know, the current like, you know, ever evolving like almost semi-organic nature of the game itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it changes all the time. Right. Um, and I feel like through that, you've done a huge amount of experimentation yeah. where you've like, you've been like, okay, like let's, let's get silly with it. Like, you know, I, I was brainstorming all day and I found a way to, to use this unusual card set that it doesn't seem like anybody else is using. Let's see how that goes. And like, I think you've met, been met with like wins and losses on, yeah. on both fronts. Um, but I also feel like it's like you're on like an upward trajectory, even af- like even if after each week you've had like a loss at like the local tournament or something. Right. You know, and it's like you're you're constantly upward trending, mm-hmm. even if at any given point in time you've had like a recent like. Yeah, like a setback or a something. A setback, yeah. yeah. And you, had, you, we actually drew it like on our on our whiteboard this morning. I think, is it Adam Grant from Think Again? Can yeah, you, Adam you, Grant who wrote the book Think Again. Yeah, yeah. And who is a great follow on Twitter and or Instagram. Yeah, lots of, lots of good, lots of good kind of like modern day philosophical yeah, like, thoughts. Yeah, workplace positivity and sort of stuff, things like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, but the important thing to remember is that like even while you're on that like upward trend, it's like even... Even if you've got like what feels like a down, it's like if you compare it to like a year ago, it's like you are still significantly further along than you were a year ago, even if you're lower than you were a week ago. Right. And that's that's the important thing to yeah. remember. Like, don't let this this yeah, down day cloud how far you've come. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it can be very hard to remember that in the moment. But yeah, so I am. Um, yeah, we are. We're looking ahead at the uh, the Pokemon Regional here, and I have like I have been swirling for like the last month. I'm like, what am I gonna play? I don't know. Like, there has been one very obvious deck for like uh, you know almost a month and a half now that has just like you know been clearly defined as the best deck. Okay, and that's that's Lugia if you're like a Pokemon uh, fan, and it's like. I've played it a few times and I've thought like, man, this is just boring. It's like almost like 
Like it's not, I don't know. Like I didn't really enjoy it that much or maybe I'm just like playing it wrong or there's, I don't know. But like every time there's like a defined best deck, it's always like, well, I need to come up with the counter to that deck and that'll be fun. Right. And then sometimes it's like, well, the counter, yeah, it's like the counter is good, but only if you're against that deck. And then if someone brought something else, then maybe you're a little bit screwed. Um, so it's, uh, this is this constant balancing act. And yeah, I've been trying out all sorts of stuff um, here and there. But uh, this pat, yeah, and then uh, the other important thing to me about the game is that like to like oh like don't ever just let it stop being fun. Yeah. So it's like there there are definitely weeks when I will go to like a tournament and I'll be like, I'm just trying this meme deck this week, you know? Right. Like, hey, you know what? It has one combo, and if you're pulling it off, it's hilarious, and it's going to ruin your opponent's day. Yeah. And it's like, is it going to win everything? Probably not. But there's a chance if you play it, it's not like it can't do what it's going to do, you know? It's maybe not the best way you could be playing this day, but it is a lot of fun, and people are not going to be expecting it, and when the wins you get are going to be that much better for it. Yes. Um. So, like, it's always fun sometimes to just do that. It's like, I'm probably not going to win the whole thing, but I will have a lot of fun today um so uh i've been i've done that a few times uh but yeah this past weekend our buddy big steve um was playing a deck and you know me and him were talking about it afterwards and i think like we were both sort of zero and we we're like i think this is what we're gonna play so uh, i went home and i like put it all together and it's like a it is a lugia variant but like i went online i had like uh, I, I played like I think 11 games with it yesterday and I won like nine of them so I was like okay that's this feels like I don't know what changed but all of a sudden this feels really good yeah um, well that's that's I feel like what I've been trying to say yes yeah, I almost feel like what you've been doing is this like very like Mr. Miyagi approach to learning the game where it's like you're you're sort of like going over here and you're painting a fence and not realizing that like what you're doing is learning how to like block punches right yeah you know? <laughs> and it's like it's like instead like what you've done is you've like you went over here <coughs> you're like you experimented with this like thing and you like learn to kind of like play style that's like a little unorthodox but it's like that is now like an ingredient that is now adding to your overall style of gameplay right which i think is really good too because i think like what you're doing is even at the core of like being competitive at this thing we've literally like i mean to me this is like the culmination of like i i'm pretty sure when we were kids it was when you were 11, you and I both had like the same surgery on our chest. Yeah, the pectus. Yeah. yeah, the pectus surgery where we had like a metal bar inserted in our chest to kind of like push our rib cage out a little bit. And I'm pretty sure my recollection is that while you were in the hospital is when we got our first packs of po Pokemon cards or you got like a starter deck. Okay. That is always the day that like I can go back to. It's possible you were already into it, but like that is where... I remember getting yeah you like, getting your first cards yeah like yeah. See, like seeing them and, and even I think you like gave me like a Squirtle okay you know and it oh, was man, like I have no recollection of that yeah it was and it was so you know like as like I can like picture you know the original base at Squirtle in my head um, but uh, for for so long you know like we we collected we we attempted to play a little bit as kids and we had like the play mat and stuff like that and like all the like little damage counters and whatever um and then like you know it sort of like obviously drifted into the back burner and then as you got older a little bit you were into like Yu-Gi-Oh and like you know you did some competitive stuff there and it's like now full circle i feel like we've come all the way to the point like where as adults we've like gotten really into like collecting and having like a lot of fun just doing like the like now i have adult money which means right. now i can do this <laughs> and it's like you know even that was fun for a while because it was like okay like now we're now we're like getting to you know 
interact with these things in a way that we haven't been able to for so long. But even then, we've now like got you officially, officially in like a sanctioned tournament, yeah. like where you are going to actually go and play with like lots of other people. Right. I think Stephen was telling me that it's like like fourteen hundred. If it's fourteen hundred, then it's the biggest in North American history. Okay. Yeah. He told me it was the biggest in North American okay. history. Okay. Then so, yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, so big yeah so it's a it's a really big tournament and like like <clears throat> like we are going and have been planning to go like with intent and purpose for like months now yeah <laughs> and it's like about to happen and so i don't know like you know i think it's it's really cool though that like even though we are uh, uh, taking it more seriously than we have ever taken it ever before yeah you are still putting so much energy and effort into like making sure that you're having fun yeah with it uh which of course like with anything should be like the underlying you know, function. Yeah. Behind. Like, hopefully. Like, yeah. yeah like, like I'm not just down here and it's like, Oh, I just lost. So like, I, I feel like, you know, like hopefully you're not down there like, well, I lost a few games and this whole thing was ruined. This was a waste of time, you know? Right. Like you don't want to be like, you want to be like that. Um, and it's like, it, I think it's, there is like this like healthy thing, like on those Saturdays when you can see when my Twitter feed just like fills up that way. Like you will see some people who like you recognize as like otherwise great players and they'll be like, yep. Went, you know, three three on day one just decided to drop and it's just like you know sometimes you just have like a bad a bad draw you know there's nothing you can do if the person if you you know play against three people in a row who have built decks specifically built to stop you from doing what you're doing and it's just like you know there's not there's only so much you can do you know yes it's well and it's interesting too because i feel like like with uh counting cards for example like people think of of the blackjack is counting cards is where it works yes um like I think when people think of the ability to count cards, they think you have now mastered the ability to beat the dealer every single time. And it's like that is not true. Like that is not what counting cards is. It's right. not like like you are still at the mercy of the chance. You still have to have enough money to like enter to play the game. You just have a you have tilted the odds in your favor and it is about the only way you can do it in all of gambling right like it's the only time that you can like beat the house and it requires a very specific set of skills a very like uh focused and intense amount of like you know mental training and exercise and all the rest but it's like it's like i think otherwise the best case scenario you get is like on roulette you can there's like the ball can land on like red black or green and there's like one green thing or whatever on the roulette wheel and everything else is red and black so it's like the other highest opportunity you have is to go and just put your your chips on red or black right and, and then that's a now you're at coin flip now you're you're, you're close you're to close coin. you're right because yeah. the green makes it so you're more like at 49 yeah exactly yeah right, yeah so <laughs> like it's the like, house is like now nah, we fix that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like so you know you could you could come and play and play and play and play and like uh, <clears throat> the statistics will absolutely determine that the house will still win and so that is all that counting cards will effectively let you do is take the edge back from the house, but then you still have to play enough games. You have to be smart enough. You have to maintain like the LR, you know, like the, like the force of will, the mental energy to like keep the count alive in your head the whole time. Um, and, and even have the gumption. Like I, this yeah. is like one of those things like <laughs> I, stri- and, and like the charisma. Yeah. To like not give it away. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, exactly. Cause they're not going to they're If they recognize it, you are so out Yes, in a dangerous kind of way. <laughs> right. And, and I, I can't imagine how 
like while it seems like it would be difficult to spot, effectively what you would have is somebody who is sitting there extremely focused at the same table for hours on end who is consistently winning. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? That's not that hard to spot all of a sudden. Yeah, probably. Like, you know, it's like it's probably pretty visible. So anyway, the point is, though, um, like when it comes to the game that you're playing now, the strategic game that you're playing is that like luck is still involved. Like you still need the right cards to show up. You still need things to go in your favor. You like, you know, you can have the best built deck and that's where the best players in the game at all will publish their decks. Like you can go and play the exact same yeah. stack of cards that the guy who just won the tournament played. And it's like, like, that's not like a mystery. People don't like hide that. They have to register it, right? Like what their card set is. Well, they have to register it with the tournament and like the, the regionals we go to are called closed lists. So you can't, no one can know, like the, the uh, your competitors will not know right and right. after the tournament's over it's not like it it is not it does not then become public knowledge okay it's not like the tournament then releases all the lists or anything however most of the time after people play they will post like a photo of their full list like all laid out like on a table like on twitter like here's what i played right so the the point <clears throat> being effectively though it's like when it comes to the game itself you could, um, th this is, this is the premise of like NASCAR racing, right? Like every yeah. single person is racing the same car, right? They have different decals, but like the idea of racing against one another in some capacity comes down to like, how well does your like crew run the vehicle? How well do you know its limits? How well do you like balance yeah. the ever shifting, like, like, you know, variations of the race itself once it starts but otherwise they're all using unless i'm wrong they're all using the same like motor the same physical body the same tires the same yeah i mean that's what they mean by stock car like right, it's yes. all the same car yes um and the, i even remember like I, we had like some like nascar video games as a kid and like before you know it'll be like here's the track and you can go in it like just on the video game you know fiddle around with like 15 different metrics to be like oh do you want to increase like do you want to be running like loose or tight do you want to increase the wedge and you're like what the heck is wedge you know <laughs> what's how wedge? you know how do you want the the handling to be like a little bit you know over here over there and it's just like well, i don't know what half these things do and i'm just moving like a little slider on a you know on a video game let alone you know, driving let alone, a car at yeah driving a car at 200 miles an hour and you know being the one tightening all the actual bolts and stuff around everywhere like yeah you, you want you want this like that or you do we want to focus more because this track's got more of a, a lean here so maybe we should do this there and it's like not, not only do you have to get the car right then you have to be the you still have to be the better driver yes <laughs> yeah so it's there's like so much more going on um so yeah it's also why like yeah you can play the same you you know the person who won the tournament you could have been playing the exact 60 as them and you're just not playing it as well right and and yeah. so that that's what i i guess it comes down to is like that's that's like where the counting cards thing comes into play it's like you can be playing the best the best circumstances and everything and but you still need things to fall you know in your favor and tilt the the odds towards yourself versus the house exactly you know and and probably like that's where you know like through again if you want to like use like the nascar example it's like that's where like a hyper diligent crew who's all thinking on the same page and is all like approaching things with a, a common strategy it's like you know that's probably going to work a lot better than a whole bunch of people who all think that they know the right way to do it and they're all sort of like competing with each other and like whatever you know like it, yeah it, it could potentially fall apart so what you're always trying to do is like consistently and favorably increase you know like what level yeah. of like like grab you have but yeah you can't 
I, I would say it's probably unlikely or impossible to scrape that all the way up to like, you know, a plus 90 percent. Yeah, very unlikely. Yeah, yeah, very unlikely. But you're I mean, you're totally right. I mean, like here locally, you know, if there's, you know, 10 people at a tournament, it's a big deal. I remember one in particular. I was playing a, a Suicune deck and I was walking around. I had the buy in the first round, which just means you don't play because there's an odd number of people. Right. And I remember just walking around for the whole first down. I just like would just like walk behind people and just stared at what they were playing. You know, it's like there's no rules against that or anything. And like so going into the second round, I knew every other deck there. And I was just like, all right, if I'm against him, this is my game plan. If I'm against him, this is my game plan. If I'm against that person, this is my game plan. Right. And like sure enough, I came up against this one guy and it was like, had I I not had the knowledge ahead of time i would have been like flout i would have had to like really think hard in the moment to come up with exactly like what am i going to do to counter this but because i knew exactly what he was playing i had planned out ahead of time like okay the main way to do this is to make sure you do this as fast as possible and if you do that you're in a really good position to win and i did that exact thing and it was like over like that you know right it was like boom gotcha yes but so. i mean and like yeah like so that's that's like learning the game it's it's learning like beyond your own deck and knowing like how other people might, might yeah. operate and like what if, if they're trying to use something that is effective against what you have, like knowing how to be more effective back. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's All just, things. it's very interesting. It's very exciting. And I am like, I'm so, I'm so deadly curious because like, you know, we've talked about it a ton on this show. We've talked about it a ton just as brothers, as like being in the same like friend groups and stuff like that. Like I've watched and, and been at the mercy of your like strategic gameplay for like board games and video games and stuff like that for my mm-hmm. entire life, <laughs> which is largely the reason I don't like those things because I'm awful at them by Nonsense. comparison. Um, so for me, it's like it's really cool, though, to like see to see like <coughs> to, to like watch this like next this next tier and see see like what it's what it's like against all the other siblings of the world who are yeah. also who serve the same role in their siblings' lives as you've served in mine. Oh man, how exciting! How exciting. I the, the good news though the, that this is going to be like the largest one ever is it's it's so hard to know like where you fall in the ranks. Like on the one hand, that means like the game is really popular. Uh, at the moment and it probably means the number of like more casual players is the number that's more high yes so like you're like and this is like where it's like like in the grand scheme of things would i be considered a more casual player or not you know it's like i don't know in my my mind if it's like if it's a larger pool of casual players i feel like that favors me a little um, that like hopefully the first few rounds then are like moderately easier but by the time even in this scenario like by the time you get to like round four you'll be against people who've won four rounds and like all of those people are suddenly just going to be like yeah we're back to like good right yeah. well yeah so can you can you explain because I know that the uh, the bracket styling for this particular piece of competition is called Swiss yeah Swiss so what does that mean so that means uh so Swiss is preferable for big tournaments like this to like a like a full-on bracket where if you think of like March Madness you know you got these giant 64 man brackets and each team after each round the losers are all eliminated and you narrow the field down by half right now the problem is of course that if you have you know 1400 people who all came to orlando florida to play in your tournament if 700 of those people are excluded after one round that sucks yeah it's you know? like it's like you're you're not going to get people to come back yeah and do more of these if they had the opportunity to play one round one round after like no cause, good because that's the thing i mean like and this is what we've learned about this entire endeavor is that it's it i mean 
it may come across as like, you know, like Pokemon, like trading card game. Like I had those as kids and stuff, but it's like the process of, of getting there and, you know, having a place to stay and feeding oh, yeah. yourself and like flights and like all the rest. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's no small feat getting there. So yeah. yeah. So you don't want to be eliminated after one round. So they no. fix that. So they fix that. So you have Swiss, which means everyone there, especially on day one, will play, depending on the number of people there, nine rounds. Like no matter what, you'll get to play nine games okay. or whatever. Um, and then, uh, I think each win gets you like three points, a tie gets you one and like a loss gets you zero okay, or whatever. And I think you typically need like 18 points to get to day two. So it's possible you get to a certain point in the day where it's like, well, it's impossible for me to get 18 points now, even if I went out. So I'm just going to like bounce, you know, there's no point to play out the rest of this or whatever. Sure. Um, but, uh, that means, yeah, so you get to play nine rounds and then whoever has the appropriate or the highest, um, point total, uh, will qualify for day two. Then there's like another, depending on the number of people, like four to five rounds of Swiss again. Okay. And then from there, the people with the highest point total then get put into like a top like eight or top 16 actual bracket. And then it is, um, you know, win or go home. Okay. Okay. And that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense too, because the <clears> other <throat> thing that I've considered before is like, what happens if you go and sit down and I know for <clears> you, <throat> this would probably just be a special experience anyway, but like the reigning champ or whatever, you know, someone who's like known to win uh, multiple of these regionals. It's like, that was like one of those things. It's like, what happens if you're just like somewhat unlucky, so to speak, and you sit down in your first round and you're facing like the guy who might, or the girl who might win yeah. the, the whole entire shebang. It could and happen. It, you know, and it's like, well, that was, that wasn't great. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> you know? someone, someone has to play Yugi in round one, Ben, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, that was good to start with a nice loss, yeah. but so it's good to know. Um, cause you know, sometimes that happens too, like with like playoff pictures or whatever it's like, uh, or even, um, like the way that like, you know, the NFL does sports, for example, there's the AFC and the NFC and they're these two separate divisions and the Super Bowl is basically the battle between the winner of both divisions. But when it also comes down to it, like the AFC championship game might literally be the two best teams in the league playing each other right. for then who gets to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Um, it also reminds me of uh, the very famous uh, Miracle on Ice where the United States played against uh, the USSR in 1980 in the yeah. Olympics. It's like that what like it's a very, very famous game because like Russia was just like like unstoppable. Unstoppable. Like they won every year. They won every game with like a commanding style. There's like the quote, like if you score on the goalie, keep the puck because it doesn't happen. Right. Like, you know, that's like, a, it's like a rare, it's a rare thing to have, have whatever. Uh, and ultimately when it, when it came down to it, like they had to play each other before going on to the finals to play Sweden, Sweden, yeah. I think. Um, so, you know, they, they beat Russia and it's like, that wasn't even for gold. Right. You know, like <laughs> that, that was just, I mean, it's the feat. It's like, that is like, like in the movie, I don't even think they show the game against Sweden at all. Yeah. They just like reference and is like yeah my boys went on to win against sweden in the next round for the gold coming from behind once again it was like yeah okay <laughs> good didn't to see that match. Like, yeah we didn't, we didn't even see the, yeah. the actual <clears throat> metal game just the yeah. just you know the the big one was whether or not you could you could win that first major unstoppable hurdle right yeah yeah and even then like there's there's a way that like you know, let's say you go up in the first round and you lose or whatever, and it's to, you know, uh, the uh, effective, you know, reigning champ or whatever. Right. Like, um, you could then go on to, like, win out the rest of the day and be like, oh, look at that. You know, that one loss, not that big a deal. Where um, 
then that loss like might not hurt you as much. Like it's probably if you're gonna lose, you may as well lose to someone amazing, right? Because like chances are they went on to win the rest of their matches. So in like a tiebreaker situation, the the fact that you lost to that person will actually like you will be weighted higher. Okay, like because so their like a, record is better. So, so there's like, like a strength of schedule that comes into play. There is, yeah. Okay. So like you know if you, if you lost the first round and then you win out, but the person you lost to went on to like lose out, then like you like oh yeah your one loss is to someone who has you know one win against you and then eight losses right right, right, right. yeah it's like (laughs) what happened yeah like (laughs) they got real lucky against you and then just tanked out you know whereas if you you have one loss and then that person goes on to have you know uh eight oh day or whatever it's like yeah okay so that person was amazing so they're pulling you up the chart right with them so it's like if you lose to someone weirdly you're sort of rooting for them yeah now to right, go right, on yeah. like okay but like help me out you know right yeah it's like yeah. I, I may have lost but like you're great right yeah right like you're gonna be really good <laughs> against everyone else right yeah yeah, yeah. So, so fingers crossed for playing exclusively undefeated people. Yeah. <laughs> well, the longer <laughs> I'm sure that'll go well. Yeah. Well, see, that's what will happen, though, like because it pairs you each round based on record. So like if you win the first round, the next round, you're definitely going to be playing someone who won the last round. Oh, oh, <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's another me- that's another piece of the Swiss method. Yeah. So like by. If you've if you've been winning all day, by the time you get to this is interesting because like I know back when I used to play the video game Halo, uh, it's like probably one of the only video games I've ever played online before. But I uh, I remember in the early days you would go and and basically everybody was kind of equally awful. Yeah, you know, like you'd all like you know, when you're around. at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, right. Like it was it was very unlikely that somebody was gonna like you know, snipe you just running across the field or something like that. And, and c- quite frankly, I typically found that version of play way more fun. Yeah. Um, because it's just sort of everybody scrambling around, not knowing what they're doing. And it's like, you know, Oh my gosh, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more like whimsy. Right. To yeah. It. And then eventually, you know, you get, you get like, you know, 30 rungs up the ladder or whatever. And it's like, okay, I literally can't go anywhere, uh, for fear of the, the one spot, I know the guy's got yeah, the rocket right. launcher. You yeah. go there because that guy's got the sniper rifle. Yeah, like exactly. Right. Um, like at, w- at one point, being better at the game meant you knew where the rocket launcher was and your opponents just don't. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like you've just memorized the map a little bit better. But now it's like, nah, you're out in the open. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Like, no, no, at this level, nobody misses. No one misses. Yeah. Um, Everyone's so getting headshots. Come on. That'll be cool, though, like to, to sort of like see how the day goes and sort of like what your slate is like. And I'm cool. I'm excited because we've got like both you and Steven who are both going to be competing. <laughs> So like, it's it's almost like tracking somebody during a marathon. Like throughout the day, it'll be like, how's it going? Yeah, where, where are we yeah, at? Doing? Yeah, how's yeah. Stephen doing? You guys yeah. good? The way it's gonna happen, I almost guarantee you, is that even though there's gonna be fourteen hundred people there, it's gonna be me against Stephen around one. Yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. I know yeah. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, are you? kidding me right now like we should not have had should, to play this each should other. not have happened um that would be so frustrating um so hopefully that doesn't happen okay. very very low odds but i've I've seen it before well anyway lots of lots of really fun stuff on the horizon i mean we've always got a week at disney uh next week and then the tournament after that so i'm crazy. i'm just completely stoked to see everything that is to come but i also feel like we're at a great spot for uh wrapping up this week's episode i think so which i think has been a fun one we've, we've discussed it all zombies yeah. right Competitive play. Exactly. 
dystopian futures. Right. We got lots of stuff in there. I was going to talk about bubblegum, but I completely forgot. So maybe next week. Man, there's always next week. We can talk about bubblegum then. There you go. If you guys have any feedback for this week's episode, you can send it over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. I do read all of your emails, even if I don't respond to all of them. Uh, I do always very much appreciate your insight as uh, to anything that we had said during today's discussion. It's always fun to to see what stuck with people because I'm, I'm sometimes I'm very surprised as to like the things that we bring up that's like that actually gets the email responses. So right again, popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, if you'd like to show some support for the show, we do have a really fun Patreon where we do lots of really cool things. Uh, you can have Discord access. We have a, a bonus show called After the Final Pop where Jay and I record an extra 15 to 20 minutes each week. And then there's, a, of course, the exclusive uh, quarterly merch tier uh, at the $25 level, which basically helps us to create merchandise that is fun and unique for the pop viewers. And we can produce the exact correct amount of them so that we're not like producing, you know, <laughs> so many t-shirts and then not having any of them sell. And then your support's actually just going to the creation of the shirts in the first place. So yep. it's a really good way to uh, kind of get some really cool popcorn culture swag while also supporting the show. All that is available at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Otherwise, until next week. Pop, pop. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.